0: Welcome back to another episode of Orange Juice Optional. I'm Michelle, and I think today is an orange juice not required kind of day for me. How about you, Suzanne? I think I could go with that. It's been a day. It's been a day, but you know what? Second week of December, we're getting closer to Christmas, and you know how I love the holidays. And so I think I just want to celebrate and feel that cheer. But before we do that, I think
1: today really is
0: our, it should be our COVID episode. COVID episode. Well, it does tie on to the last episode and I'll just pour a double. (laughs) And
1: I will too. Okay. Well, let's get started. So I think we should talk about how COVID has... I want to say messed up our lives this year. Maybe that's not the best approach, but I'm kind of feeling like it kind of messed with us this year.
0: It kind of did. And I guess if we go back to the first real news, we were hearing about COVID and how it hadn't yet reached the U.S., but it was on its way. Everybody here started kind of mentally preparing more so than we probably had. And we had meetings here in Phoenix, some people thought we weren't taking it seriously enough. I mean, we did right. post on social media, a picture of us in an Uber. Yeah. the Karaoke. <laughs> the karaoke. karaoke Uber. Which
1: was so much
0: fun. And thank God we did that because we haven't had that much fun since. Right. It was just one of those moments in life that can't be duplicated. It was spontaneous. It was. It was just being in the right place at the right time. And it was that much needed stress off our backs.
1: Yes. Until my kids called.
0: Yeah. They weren't very happy about the video because
1: <laughs> we posted the video on Facebook.
0: I posted the video and got her in trouble. And
1: yeah. And my phone started ringing and my kids were pissed, pissed, pissed. Like, what are you thinking?
0: Right. But at that point, to be fair, there weren't cases in Arizona.
1: No, no. It was, it was very quiet here. And, and my daughter lived in, downtown Chicago. My son lived in downtown Seattle or West Seattle, you know, very concentrated areas of people where they could really feel the impact a lot more than we did.
0: Right. And it was about that same time that everything started getting canceled. Like the big events, we were supposed to go to March Madness. It got canceled. Which was devastating, through, devastating shocking. We never
1: saw that coming. My, my son in Alaska did. He was the one that put it out there first. He said, they're going to cancel March Madness. And I, I was like, there is no way they are going to cancel it.
0: Do you remember where we were when we heard the news?
1: No, you're going to have to remind me.
0: I'm always remind me. I know. I know. I'm um, old. I'm a lot older than you are. <laughs> I'm much older than me. We were at Nordstrom's. We were really? shopping Because we had March Madness coming up, and then we were Um, supposed to go to Tahiti. Right. And we were shopping for clothes. I was shopping for dresses. I'm not sure what you were shopping for. And we heard the news there. And it was just, uh, I wish I could have returned those things, but I didn't. I kept them.
1: Yeah. Well, and let's talk about that, because I also, at Nordstrom's, probably wasn't the same day, was shopping for a dress for two graduations and a wedding that I was going to go to with what is now last summer, but coming up. And I bought for my niece's wedding, a very beautiful designer dress that I was very excited about. And I'm not a dress person. I don't wear them except to weddings and those kind of events. This one I had altered so it would fit me perfectly. And then between the time... I paid for it and the alterations were done. Nordstrom closed down because of COVID. And literally, maybe a month ago, I got a phone call from Nordstrom's that says, Your dress is still in alterations. You can pick it up or we can ship it to you. And I seriously had to think, What dress? I don't remember buying a dress. And I had to go back and look. And I remembered it was this very expensive dress. And because I had it altered, I don't think I can return
0: it. And so now I'm stuck with a dress I'll never wear. Is it semi-formal? Uh-huh, it is. Oh, good. You can wear it to Jimmy and Eva's wedding.
1: Well, I could. I don't even know if I like it anymore because I said I'd come down and pick it up. But now COVID is, numbers are going back up in Arizona. So now I'm really not going out in public. I'm not going down to Nordstrom's to pick up my alterations. So now I'm waiting for them to call me again so that they can ship it to me. And then I'll take a look at the dress and see if I even like it anymore.
0: I hope you like it. And I hope you wear it to the wedding in May. I hope we can have a wedding in May. Who knows what's going to happen again, right? Back to last week's episode, this first year of COVID. Freshman year. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. As you were sitting there, I'm like laughing to myself when you're talking about this dress and alterations and you're concerned about getting it picked up. And if you're going to like it, I think at this point, all these months later into uh-huh. quarantine and COVID, would the freaking dress even fit me? <laughs> well, that's a good point. Yeah. We can't
1: even go down that road with me because <laughs> I have never eaten so poorly in my entire life as I have since the first of March. My diet is has gone to crap. And to get back on track to where the discipline, and not that I'm a disciplined eater anyway, I'm really not. I eat what I like, but that's kind of the point is I eat what I like. But now I was just thinking about that this morning. I went and had my peppermint mocha from Starbucks. I usually get half the chocolate, no whip, non-fat milk. I'm just Said, I'll have a chocolate. I'll have a peppermint mocha, extra whipped cream, yeah. extra chocolate, extra peppermint. It's like, what happened to those days when I said non-fat and I said half the chocolate and I said no whip? I mean, what happened to that? Now, why
0: am I buying these full-fat, sugar-laden drinks? I mean, what has gotten into me? Well, I don't even drink coffee, but I see them on TV. Yeah. And they look wonderful. Well, they are. I would think if I went into Starbucks, I wouldn't even know how to order a coffee. I hear everybody saying all the different words and I I have no idea what's going on. So <laughs> I do drink a lot of diet soda, but that's not coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say, and it's going to sound so petty out there that one of the things COVID took away from me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was my thigh gap. I used to have a great gap oh, between my thighs and that's it's not good one. quite as... Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I haven't had that thigh gap since I was about 32. I mean, that disappeared a long time ago. My sister and I used to talk about thigh gap. And then I was also the one that talked about back fat. You know, I never had back fat until I hit about, I think I was about 45. And it's like, oh my God, I have back fat. And my sister, that's the first time she had ever heard that, but she knew exactly what I was talking about. We all know back fat. We all know back fat. But you don't always have back fat. It's not like you're born with back fat. It grows on you as you age. You get, you lose the gap between your thighs if you're not disciplined like me. You
0: get back
1: fat when you're not disciplined like me.
0: Or when you wear a sports bra that now is a little tighter than it was, it just pushes. Things into places that (laughs) wish I didn't. Exactly. And maybe some of that is gravity.
1: Maybe some of that is just your body readjusting.
0: Or maybe Jeff did your laundry or Rob did (laughs) my laundry (laughs) and everything shrunk a little bit.
1: Okay. If you think back to another episode that we had about the things that drive me crazy, about my husband living with me 24-7 now that there's COVID, that would be one of the things I would have to bring up is that he's decided it's okay for him to do laundry. And and he does it as a favor to me because I do have a shop to run. I'm not at home as much. He's home a lot more than I am. So now he does laundry. And it's like, oh my God, if you wash one more pair of my pants, I'm gonna kill you. Because, and it's not just because they shrink, it's because they lose their shape. You know, they everything about them they lose their color they lose their shape and it's like why that that's what dry cleaners are for we just put it in a bag they pick it up they bring it back when it's clean and it looks the same as it did when it left you know it
0: goes through a washing machine and a dryer but you're not going to send your underwear to the dry cleaner, are you? Well, underwear is different. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know how far we were going
1: down that road. <laughs> yeah. If I could send it to the dry cleaner, I would without being embarrassed, but I don't. But my husband now thinks he can wash everything. I have linen shirts that I love. Just they're linen t-shirts until he washes and dries them. He just doesn't get that you don't wash linen. You You just don't go down that road. He doesn't get that. Everything goes. And okay, so let's talk about laundry. I know I'm getting off the COVID subject for no, a minute. it's still part of COVID. Again, back to my OCD that we've talked about because I'm a laundry, you know, if it's not white, it doesn't go in a white load. If it's not red, it doesn't go in a red load. You don't want pink clothes. I No. I mean, my white clothes stay white. My red clothes stay red. My blue clothes say blue because that's the only thing I'll wash in a load. I go by color and I go by weight. Not Jeff. No, no, no. He picks up a pile of clothes and it all goes in. It doesn't matter what color it is. It doesn't matter if it's jeans with t-shirts. It doesn't matter. It all goes in the same load.
0: Can I share a laundry story? Yeah, please do. Okay. My husband, as yours also is, is a hunter. Right. And we live in Alaska, and he used to go hunting quite a bit. Right. And when we were in our first house together, maybe that first year of marriage, <laughs> yeah, your freshman year uh, of marriage, he had gone hunting and successfully brought home a caribou. Rob's a funny guy because he can't see things go to waste. So the meat bags that this caribou came back had blood on them. Right. Because of what they were used for. Right. Like this is uncomfortable for me talking about, but right, because it's a hunting story he, because it's about killing an it. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't like, I don't even like to kill a spider. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. This was before Michelle that he picked up this hunting habit, but it makes him happy. So anyhow, he took all those bags. He's probably used 15 times before and he filled up our washer to soak them in there. And then he forgot about them and I went in to do laundry and (laughs) they were all there. (gasps) Yeah, Uh... it was bad. He didn't have to buy me a new washer or dryer, but I do think I had to run some Clorox or something through it. Oh,
1: absolutely. You would have to do that. But okay. Again, way off tangent because full disclosure, Jeff is also a hunter. Although as he's gotten older He has backed off of hunting, his love of animals, which I always thought that was weird that he is such a lover of animals, but yet he could hunt. And he did for a lot of years. But as he's gotten older, Jeff, version two of Jeff, is now he is more a lover of animals. I don't think he sees himself hunting anymore because it's too hard for him to actually kill something, which is very different than Jeff version one.
0: You got to tell the bear story. (laughs) Which bear story? I have so many. Okay, we'll save that for another episode. I was going to say, we could have a whole hunting. Yes, and the things I thought I'd never have to deal with. Right, me too. But
1: back to the caribou story, which every time I've heard you tell the story, it triggers my caribou story, which I'm actually giving away the punchline. But I was home with the three kids. They were really little. And there was a gas leak in the house. It was such a strong... So I called the fire department and I had them come out because I was so sure that we were going to explode. And I evacuated the kids. You know, we put the car in the cul-de-sac and I made the kids sit in the car because when the house blew up, I thought we were far enough away from the house when the gas... Did you warn your neighbors? Well, <laughs> No. <laughs> You always go there. When the fire trucks pulled up, that's a pretty good indication there's a problem that you have a gas leak. Okay, so anyway, so we're in the car evacuated from the house that has the gas leak. Firefighters are going through the house. There's no indication of a gas leak anywhere in the house. And so he came out and he said, tell me exactly where the smell is strongest. So I walk him over to the west side of the house and he said, oh, I do smell it. He said, let's investigate a little further. So he goes around to the outside of the house and there are the rotting caribou horns from a year ago that my husband had decided just to leave them there until he decided to deal with them. And then because we went through a winter, they got covered with snow. He kind of forgot about them. When it became spring, the snow melted, the horns thawed, and they rotted. And it smelled like gas. Wasn't a gas leak at all. I had evacuated my children from the house and, B- called and the I fire <laughs> called the fire department and waited for my home to blow up. No, it was just rotting caribou horns. It's like, oh my God, how, where, how did I get to this place in my life? How did I marry someone who could leave rotting caribou horns on the side of the house?
0: So what was Jeff's reception when he got home that night?
1: I don't think he had to wait until he got home that night. Probably not. Yeah, Good point. Yeah, I think I called him immediately. I think I actually pulled him out of a meeting because I was so pissed off at him. Because it's like, that was the most terrifying moment of my life up until then with my children waiting for my house to explode from the gas leak. And it was his stupid caribou horns. I'm just saying it was not a good day.
0: Not a good day. I, I would have to agree with that. And I have written down here hunting stories. Yeah. For future yeah, episodes. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great, going to be a great episode, but I think we should get back on track.
0: Yes. Again, back- I got off on a tangent. We both did. This is how our conversations go. Right. So but we're going to get back on COVID. We are. And I'll just say, tying back into the last episode, you just were talking about your husband and you don't like him to do laundry and things that are annoying you being around your husband 24-7. You know what's annoying me about Rob? Just real quick. And then we'll yeah. move on. Being around him 24-7. He gets so picky at me. Really? Like how so? Like the other night, we made dinner. Uh huh. We made hamburgers. And I grabbed out a knife. And what are you supposed to do with a knife? use them to cut. Right. Well, not that knife. Apparently that is a special knife that should only be used when we have steak. And I'm like,
1: you mean a steak knife?
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it wasn't a steak knife. He just was mad that I had used it. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? It's a knife. I'm going to wash it. I'm not putting it in the dishwasher. And then he Went in to let me know about how it dulls the knives and how disappointed I would be if I went to eat a steak and the knife wasn't sharpened. So that's just another thing. He gets a little bit picky
1: about things. Yeah. And that goes, but that does go back to living with someone 24 seven in the same house because those things we can usually roll off of us because we know they're going to go to work the next day or they're going to be out of out of the house for a good eight, 10, 12 hours out of the day.
0: Not anymore. No. Oh, no. No, they're there all the time. That really ticked me off just because, yeah, need instruction on how to use a knife. I'm careful with it. So right, that just goes back to that 24-7 that we talked about in the other...
1: But when we talk about COVID, I'm going to go back to my first realization that COVID was real and how unbelievably surreal it was for me. And stop me. Well, I, I was going to say stop me if I've already told you this story, but I have. <laughs> so you're going to have to we listen re- to it again. Yeah, we
0: repeat a lot of stories. Yeah. But
1: I had gone to Seattle, flew into Seattle from Hawaii. We had been in Hawaii. If anyone's ever been in the Seattle airport, we know how busy it is. It's nuts. It's nuts. I, you can be in there 20, any, any time of day, day or night. And it's wall-to-wall people. It is crazy. So I fly into Seattle for the birth of my grandson. And that was the end of January. And he was born on the 11th of February. I had to come back to Phoenix the end of February. And the end of February, I went to the airport and I was alone in the airport. There were maybe 10 people on my flight. It was like a ghost town. And that was my first realization that this is real, that this COVID thing is real because I have never, ever been in the Seattle airport where it is not wall-to-wall people. Constant chaos and lines and and it was abandoned.
0: Right. And when you first said that surreal moment for you, I was thinking, do I have a surreal moment? And I actually do. And I didn't even witness it in person. But as you all know, you especially, Vegas is a special place for us. We both love Vegas. We do. You love to gamble in the slot machines. And I like to shop and to people watch and to, I love to walk the strip right to get up. And that's how I get my exercise. I combine the two, shopping and exercise. right? I'll walk down to the shopping mall and I'll only, you know, buy enough that I can carry back to the hotel. That's my rule.
1: It's a good rule. I don't follow that rule, but that's okay. (laughs) You never follow rules. (laughs) I know, I don't.
0: But anyhow, uh, somebody had posted on Facebook a picture when Vegas went dark. Oh. And to see all the lights turned off, not to have the Luxor's light beaming up into the sky. It looked like a ghost town. And that was a moment I was... Right. I I won't forget. Right.
1: Same with New York City, Times Square, when they closed Broadway. I mean, seriously, how could that ever even happen? (laughs) I mean, how does that happen? And it did. So then that kind of segues into our travel because you and I we travel together all the time. We have probably four or five trips a year, six trips a year.
0: At least. Right. And we probably had six trips on the books. We definitely did. And right. With everything going on, I know there were bigger problems in travel schedules. I get that. I completely relate to that. But it was very sad for me right. to have to cancel everything. I felt a great loss and I was thankful I still had my health. My family still had their health and that was what was more important. But it's still, I I did. Oh, it was the loss of that. And it did cause anxiety because with our husband's jobs, we do get to travel with them. And then we have other trips. We have homes in yeah. Arizona and we do that back and forth to check on the homes And I had such a busy calendar that everything fell off it and I didn't know what to do with myself because I was always constantly in that go, go, go mode. It was really hard to slow it down.
1: It was hard to slow it down.
0: Now it's really hard to go the other way. I haven't been back to Alaska yet. I don't think I have either.
1: You tried. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. Because that, that was a whole nother conversation because... I flew back to Phoenix for an event I had for my store. And my intent was to fly right back up to Seattle to see more of my grandson. That came to a screeching halt. All of a sudden, I couldn't fly. And I went into panic mode, which we're going to talk about as well. How to suppress panic attacks in this situation. Because I'm like, will I ever see him again? How how do I know? And at our age, maybe not your age, you're about 10 years younger than I am. But at my age, I think you get an introduction of your own mortality. Like, okay, well, what happens when I get cancer? What if that happens before I get to see my grandson again? What happens if I am in a car accident and I don't get to see my grandson again? You kind of go into that panic mode. Like I've got to get back there. So Jeff and I decided by May that enough of this, we're not waiting around anymore. We're driving to Seattle. We're going to get in a car. We're going to find hotels that are taking good safety measures and we're driving. So we hop in our car and let me tell you, that was one of the best trips we have ever done because, and we kept saying this, we're used to flying over these parts of the country, places you never go, like Utah. I'd been to the Salt Lake City airport a dozen times, but have I ever driven through the state of Utah? It's like, oh my God, that is one of the most beautiful states on on the planet. Not to mention Wyoming, because we took this route instead of the California route. We didn't want to do, because California was dealing with heavy COVID at that time. So we did Utah, you know, no COVID at that time. Wyoming, no COVID at that time. Montana, no COVID. So it was a safe route for us. And what we experienced were the, the most beautiful states in the entire United States. Then we cut over through Idaho, eastern Washington into Seattle. Best trip ever because we usually fly over these states. We don't drive through them.
0: Right. Did Jeff annoy you on that trip? Uh, Did you annoy Jeff on that trip? I'm sure I annoyed Jeff. The biggest, our biggest
1: problem was what to listen to on the radio because he likes his Justin Bieber. As we all know from other podcasts, I've mentioned Justin Bieber. So I would get so sick of listening to Justin Bieber or Post Malone then I would change a channel. And then we kind of got to the point where whoever was driving picked the channel. That's fair. It worked for a while, but then all of a sudden he wanted to drive all the time, which I'm a better driver. (laughs) So
0: it's like- You do have some control issues there too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, then I got ticked because then he always wanted to drive so he would pick the music. But then we downloaded satellite radio and we started listening to podcasts on the radio, which was great because we could find things that we both like to listen to.
0: Okay. Yeah. So on your next road trip, it's going to be orange juice optional that you listen to. All the time. Except? Except I can't listen to my own voice. You might be comfortable by then.
1: Well, I can't listen to my own voice, so I don't think I'll ever listen to us.
0: (laughs) So just really quickly, so everybody knows, you were going to travel up to Alaska with um, Jeff. And your son and his wife and the new baby, right? in Be- a motorhome, right.
1: Because of Covid, they were robbed of the experience of letting everyone meet their new son. There's nothing more exciting other than the birth of this child than to introduce your new child. And they were robbed of that. Jamie has family in Alaska. All of Jeff's family, so Greg's extended family lives in Alaska. And they still consider Alaska home. So we decided, yeah, we're just going to head to Alaska. This was the end of July. The borders were closed, but Jeff and I are residents of Alaska. We have a home in Alaska. And they were coming with us. We got to the Canadian border and they said Jeff and I could go, but Greg and Jamie and the baby couldn't.
0: Wah, wah, wah. That is
1: horrible. It was awful. It was So disappointing. And we never in a million years thought that they would say Greg and Jamie couldn't ride with us to Alaska, that only Jeff and I could go. Greg and Jamie and the baby could not. And it was devastating. And we had rented a camper and we were going to camp along the way. So we wouldn't stop at hotels. We would stop for gas. We were stocked up on food. We figured it was going to take us five to seven days to get through Canada which the Canadian Border Patrol told us five to seven days was very generous and there was no way it should take us that long. We should have done it in like three days.
0: Right. And please know when I went wah, 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 that was just the disappointment. The letdown is what I was trying to do. You it might not have sounded like that. That's (laughs) what it was. Because you did rent this motorhome to take up there. You had all their documentation. You had your licenses, what you needed to get back home. And you got turned away at the border. And because
1: they were not residents. Right. So they could not come with us. Right. And it was devastating.
0: I get that. I, I felt so bad for you when I got that call that you were headed back. And then I felt even worse for you when I thought about that motorhome you were in and that you had to now unload all the groceries oh and everything you had bought. And you were like on the eighth floor of a.
1: Right. Because we have an apartment in Seattle, so I could be close to the baby. And it just so happened that when we were getting ready to leave, the elevator broke in our apartment building because of a power outage. Power came back, the elevator did not. So we hauled all of our gear for our eight-day camping trip to Alaska, up and down those steps. Jeff did 72 flights of stairs in a day. I did like 58 flights of stairs.
0: Well, at least you had like a Fitbit or Apple Watch or your phone with you. So you got credit for them. You felt like you accomplished something. Oh, but we were dying. I bet. I mean, I would be dying. Yeah.
1: And it was hard on the knees because it was July in Seattle. It was hot. Yeah. So then we had to go back to Seattle and we had to unload everything we loaded. By the time we got back, the elevator was working again. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And so that part wasn't so bad. It was the sheer disappointment. And I'm not going to lie, I I wasn't real fond of Canada for several weeks because I thought that this is not very neighborly of you.
0: (laughs) But well, well, you're putting it nicely right now, right? And the words, you're
1: right. And the rules that we had to follow had Jeff and I gone on without Greg and Jamie, they were very strict about getting through Canada. And I get it; it was COVID, but. Yeah, it took me a long time to get over that. So I have not been to Alaska since
0: January. And I have not been there since the end of February, beginning of March. And I think my friends up there, if I still have any, must just think I'm a myth. Like, does she really exist? Because (laughs) they haven't seen me.
1: But that's what I like
0: to think anyway. Yeah, I personally could get on a plane probably and go, but I have so much... With the co my parents are in Lake Havasu right now. Right. And so I like being close in case they need anything. Rob's mom was here for a lot of the time. So I like being close for her. And I really start to have a panic attack when I start to think about having to take a COVID test when I'm completely healthy. And I know that can change very quickly. Right. But I am following the rules and regulations that have been given to me. And in Arizona, I can still get out and go for a walk and exercise and do all those things. But had I gone back to Alaska at the time Rob went back, right? because he was back for, I think, six weeks, it would have required a two-week quarantine. Right. And I just opted to stay here where I could at least get outside and keep a semi-routine. So I'm selfish. I send my husband home to quarantine for two weeks. I
1: don't think that's selfish at all. He did what he had to do. Jeff did the same thing. They had meetings that they had to be at. And it was pretty important. Neither one of them had been in the Anchorage office in quite a while. And at some point, you you have to figure out how to live with COVID in our environment and live safely. Because you can't just walk away from it. Right. And walk away from your life and shut everything down. It it was great for the first couple months, but then at some point you have to say, okay, we need some balance here. We need to figure out how we're going to live with this in our lives, not without it, because it's not going away.
0: It's not going away. And it actually did my heart good because I think it did Rob's heart good when he went back up to Alaska. And I think him being up in that space around his own stuff, was good for the heart. I wasn't sure he was going to come back, <laughs> oh, but he must have missed me he, enough that he finally he, came back. Yeah, of course he came back. But he did say when he came back that he didn't think he could ever sell the house in Alaska. That oh. Well, I think it's probably just because we have so much stuff there. He doesn't want to clear <laughs> it all Deal out. With that but he says it's just home for him. And that's where we raised our kids. And there's so many memories there.
1: Right. We will always have a place in Alaska. I don't know if it'll be the place we're in right that we have right now, we haven't been in it in such a long time, but we'll always have our feet planted in Alaska in some way, I think.
0: I would be surprised if it was any different for you because your kids all love it and you have so much family up there.
1: Right. True. Including my mom. So that leads me to the next dilemma we have. My mom, you know, she raised her family in Alaska. My siblings, you know, I have four siblings And we have all gradually moved away from Alaska for, you know, very various reasons. But Alaska is my mom's home. She's lived there her whole life. But, you know, my dad died 23, 24 years ago. So she is alone in Alaska now. And this, because of COVID, is the first year that... If she doesn't come down to my home or one of my kids, one of my siblings' homes, she will be alone for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And I really want her to come down to Arizona and be with me and my family because Katie, my daughter, is driving from Atlanta. Greg and Jamie are already here. Eric is going to fly down. He's young you know the risk of covid for him he could get covid it's not a huge risk he's healthy he's young and he if he takes precautions he'll be fine but what do i do about my mom right that makes me so sad i know and she doesn't want me to be sad she she because she doesn't want to come she wants to stay in alaska and i think i have to respect that
0: if that is just her wish to, you right. do need to respect But, but But it's hard, but think about it. She will be all
1: alone on Christmas day. It's heartbreaking. And I go back and forth because I want to say, mom, just get on a plane. It's a six hour flight. You can do it. She would have to, but she would have to go through the Seattle. So because the nonstops don't exist anymore. So she'd have to go through Seattle, really an eight hour day, change planes. It's a lot of exposure to a lot of people. At the age of 85, is it safe? I don't know. Is it safe? I don't know. Could she get COVID? She could if some idiot is in the airport with COVID, you know, not wearing a mask, not social distancing. Right. Well,
0: that's a tough dilemma for the whole senior population. Right. Many that are in hospitals, they can't have family or anyone having surgery can't have family come in and be with them. Right. Right. Wow. And I don't know how I
1: feel about the decisions that were made early on. But again, none of us knew anything. But I think of all of the people who were in nursing homes who couldn't have family visit, and how heartbreaking that had to have been for them. Right. And not to have that option. And My mom is healthy. We're healthy today. But I feel the same heartbreak because I feel like okay, it shouldn't be this difficult, the situation we're in. She should be able to come and be with us.
0: Well, stock her pantries up well with Instacart. <laughs> we show your we love. Do. I know oh. you will show your oh. love for her. It doesn't take the place of people, but at least she'll know that she's being
1: right. Right. Well, remembered and thought about. And... More importantly, we can do Zoom.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm not very good at Zoom. I always forget about Zoom. And I do too. But my mom actually is pretty good at it. You know, she can. Maybe she should be running our technology (laughs) with the podcast. Yeah,
1: it's a little scary.
0: (laughs) Let's not get carried away. I won't get carried away. So as we're talking about COVID and quarantine pandemic, what are your thoughts on wearing a mask? Was that something easy for you to adapt to? Or what are your Uh, overall thoughts about it?
1: before I go down that road, let's talk about mask shaming. (laughs) Because there have been times when I have been, I wear a mask, and I have gotten used to wearing a
0: mask. I can vouch for her. She does.
1: And I sometimes, I'm so used to wearing a mask that sometimes I forget now that I have a mask on.
0: Like when we started recording this episode. Right, and and I said, oh, I guess I could take my mask off. It's just you and I,
1: and we're actually six feet apart doing this podcast. Yes, we are. So we're in pretty good shape. But in the beginning, okay, so this was me when we first started with masks. I would sit in the parking lot in my car and count how many people went into the store wearing a mask and how many didn't. And if it was more than 50%, I would put a mask on. So I wouldn't feel stupid.
0: So how long would you sit in the car and do that? Oh, like five 50 or t- people or, yeah, you know, no, five, five, 10 minutes, just to
1: kind of get a feel for were people actually wearing a mask? They told us we had to wear a mask, but did I want to be the only one in the store wearing a mask? Hell no. So I kind of gauged it by the people coming in and out. And I felt like, okay, most people are wearing masks. I'll put my mask on. So that's where I was in the beginning because I didn't want to feel stupid. And I mean, how silly that sounds now, because now I'm so used to it. I'm like, yeah, it shouldn't have been that difficult to decide. What about you?
0: I am very respectful. I do wear a mask. Arizona, in the town that I'm in anyway, the mayor has said it's up to the individual businesses as to whether or not you should wear a mask. And if there is a mask sign on there, I wear a mask and I don't care what anyone else is doing. That's what they ask. I'm a rule follower. I wear a mask. And in most other businesses, I wear a mask too, but I really don't go out that much. I go to the grocery store or out to eat or out on a walk. I I, I don't go out too much, but when I do, not when I'm walking right. outside, I can stay six feet away from everybody, but I, I do wear a mask. Yeah,
1: it, it's funny. My mom always used to say to me, she said, it's amazing how quickly... The abnormal becomes normal in any situation that even if it's an illness or if it's you break a bone or anything in your life changes and it feels abnormal, it very quickly becomes normal. And that's how I feel about masks. It's like how quickly it feels normal to wear a mask. But I have a couple tricks about my mask. Okay, really it's my only trick, but I think it's pretty brilliant. And I don't care what anyone says whether it's good for you or bad for you because one of my
0: Well, breathing your own breath can't be very good for well, you. Well, that's what I
1: said right? in the beginning. In the beginning, that was my other thing is it's like isn't it you breathe in oxygen and you breathe out carbon dioxide and so if you're blocking that aren't you block aren't you rebreathing in your carbon dioxide? Not that I'm a scientist, but kind of made sense to me. And then you think about bacteria on that gets on the mask. So I do spray the inside of my mask with a mint scented hand sanitizer so that I'm breathing mint. So at least it smells good when I have
0: it on. <laughs> hey, that's a great idea. It is a great idea. It's a great I love idea. That idea. And I need yeah. to find some of that hand sanitizer.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff in the spray bottle. So you're just spritzing it and make sure you get a fragrance you like. And it's great.
0: Well, if we have to wear a mask, I think that's a great thing to do to your mask. So it makes (laughs) it more enjoyable for you. It's already hard to breathe. Right. I can't understand what anybody's saying because (laughs) I think maybe I lip read more than I think I do because I I have a hard time. I'm always, what? What'd you say? Right. I agree with that.
1: I I think that we depend on lip reading a lot more than we ever knew we did. So it definitely causes an issue <laughs> for a conversation
0: if you're wearing a mask. You know what worries me the most about masks, though? Oh, what? Is when you get one that doesn't fit quite right and you put it on and it makes your ears <laughs> look like elf ears. <laughs> I walk around sometimes with elf ears and I wonder... With evolution and stuff, <laughs> if these masks are around, like our future generations going to have ears that have adapted to having to wear these masks.
1: Well, it's a thought. I have never considered that.
0: But have you ever had your ears pulled forward because it's a little too tight?
1: Well, no, I have. I put on a mask where it's too tight. But don't you always have a spare with you now that you can swap out? See, I have spares with me. So if I get one that's uncomfortable,
0: I can swap it out. So you have like, oh, never mind. (laughs) I'm not even go the spare air. Right. That's what what my mind was going to.
1: But let's talk about color coordinating. It's like, are masks all of a sudden becoming a fashion statement?
0: They might be. And I actually was thinking about that. Some of these masks are pretty... Damn creative, right? I love them. I actually had a site that allowed me to make my own mask, and it's a cute girl with um, a dog next to her because we're getting a black lab right this summer, and so I just was, yeah, this girl loves black labs, and I think the other one was about decorating for the holidays, which of course, yeah, I do early November second this year.
1: Yeah, well, I think there's a whole business in creating masks.
0: Right. And I do have to tell you, I love to go into a restaurant Uh-huh. because I just love eating out. But I love to go into a restaurant. I do wear my mask until I'm seated. And they have the mask with the name of the establishment oh, on them. Fine. Do you have why hello masks? I do. But they're Are they black and white. They're black with white. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen and anybody wear them but I knew you would have them. Well,
1: I have them and I'll tell you why. Because during COVID, I ordered them. I actually came up with the idea pretty early on. Went to one of my vendors, said, hey, can you create this mask? We were going into the hot season here. It was probably May. And I said, let me order masks. But I got that
0: cool cloth that
1: if you get it wet, you're looking at me puzzled, like you don't know about this product. No, I'm
0: wondering why you haven't given me one.
1: Well, I'm about to tell you. Because I saw so I order them in May, and then Covid takes off here, and they had to produce them, and they said it would be you know two to three weeks to produce them, a week to ship them. And July hits. My masks haven't come. I call them. They said, "Oh, they've just shipped. Apparently, they shipped, and I closed for the month of July because of Covid. The numbers were like in the five thousand a day count. So we were closed in July. FedEx tried to deliver them three times, sent them back to sender. So, and I never saw them. I never got a notice, never got anything. So they came to the store, saw I was closed. FedEx just immediately sent them back to sender. So then it was ironic because it was like mid September and this company called me and asked me if I wanted to order more. <laughs> And I said, I never got the first round of them. Did you have to pay for them or did you? Oh, I, I paid for them up front. Okay. And I've ordered from this company before, but I like to prepay for everything. So I said, you might want to find that first shipment because I had talked to someone in August about what happened to these and they were going to look into it. They never got back. To me. Long story. I know. So finally, October 1st, my cool cloth masks arrived. And so now they're in my store. I have like 300 of them in my store. But in October, when the temperatures drop here, it's not 120 degrees. Nobody really cares that it's a cool cloth mask.
0: Right. Yeah. So now I have all these black masks that say why hello on them. But unfortunately, we're moving forward and we don't know what it brings. So right. You will probably go through those masks. Right. And for the record, they were going to
1: and they still are a free gift with purchase.
0: I didn't Man. get it. Well, that's because they weren't out yet. I just put them out. I literally haven't had them out for. I'm causing you stress. I know. I know. I know. You want to know what else caused me stress during this whole thing? What? My husband's beard. Oh.
1: <laughs> that was bad, bad.
0: All we'll I can say is I did say, and I knew he knew this already. I said it doesn't take the place of a mask, right. but it sure was horrible.
1: And I've seen more than one horrible beard since the start of all of this.
0: Right. He looked like a skinny Santa Claus. <laughs> and then he would wear this red sweatshirt and he really looked like Santa Claus. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. I'm not going to lie.
1: I, wasn't, I only saw pictures of it. I never saw it in real life, but yeah, I wasn't a fan.
0: And you know what? It was so bushy that I think if he put a mask on his face, uh-huh. it would do nothing. Well, because I saw a picture of the mask away. We had to get him one. Uh, what are they called when they start? Oh, they cover the whole neck and go up to the. Oh, we, right. We ended up getting him a couple of those so he could actually be yeah. compliant. Okay. Why would you
1: have a hairy beard when it's 110 degrees in Arizona anyway? I mean, it would be so hot to have all that hair and then to have to put a mask over top of it. Yeah. That's just contributing to the heat. It's (gasps) like,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I was not a fan, but everybody would be like, Oh, it's so great. I love it. That beard's awesome. And I'm thinking, no, no, it's not. And stop telling him that because he's going to think you're being serious, which he did think so. But when he came back from Alaska, I let him keep his toy until he came back because I didn't have to deal with it for six right, weeks. Right, right. He did shave it. Thank God. Thank God you didn't have to see it. Yeah,
1: well, I saw it in pictures and that was enough. Right. I think I texted him even and said, what are you doing?
0: Shave that thing. Yeah, it came in yeah. white. Yeah. And bushy. <laughs> yeah. I think the kids were impressed because well, his boys can grow full beards. My boys. Not so much. They can't. I
1: know. It just depends. It was impressive. I thought that with every man I saw that decided they would grow a beard, even my son in Alaska, he thought, oh, I'll just, I'm not going to shave until we go back to work (laughs) until they said, well, it's indefinite now when you're ever going to come actually come back to the office. And then he did decide to shave. But even my son grew a beard and it's like, yeah, it's like, it is impressive that that hair actually grows into a beard but I still don't like it.
0: I'm sure they wouldn't be very impressed if we decided to grow a beard.
1: <laughs> Good point.
0: <laughs> oh, but it's gone now and yeah, we can get normal. back to our regularly scheduled yeah. life grooming routines. Yeah, <laughs> Nothing scheduled a routine now, which is really hard for me because I am a scheduled person and routine person. Wow. This time has gone by fast and I feel like there's still so much to say, but... Let's save it for another day, another episode, because we have some Christmas decorating to do, we have some cheersing to do, and some celebrating to do, because it is that time of year, my favorite time of year.
1: Mine too. And I I feel like I could go on and on about COVID, and maybe it'll be another episode down the road, maybe it won't. But we covered a lot of ground.
0: We did cover a lot of ground, and I hope you all still like us. Again, these are just... Kind of where we're at, our experiences. Uh COVID is something that everybody is dealing with. It is I'm at a loss for word as to Right. All unbelievable. Who, yes, unbelievable. All the people who've been affected by it.
1: These are just our two little stories. Yes. A little glimpse of our lives.
0: A little glimpse of our lives and kind of the experiences we've had. Some funny and petty and others more serious. So Thank you for being here. And please remember, if you have a good story you would like to share about a Christmas gift that went wrong and what your reaction was to it, please send those in to us at orangejuiceoptional at gmail.com. Or if you have any questions, comments, future episode ideas, you can send an email there also. Thank you so much for being with us, Suzanne. I always love spending this time with you. Me too. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know
1: now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality.
0: Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting, the biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had God send music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are a technology challenge. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers.